as Walter makes a run ahead of it. Burkamp suddenly changed pace through the centre. It's Burkamp! That's magnificent! The move, and then this, which left Dabby's ass totally stranded. Hello, and welcome to a Friday night Burkamp Wonderland podcast. My name is Carl, and I'm not your host, I'm just the person introducing. Um, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it is currently 8.07 on a Friday night. In my house, it is 28.4 degrees. I am sweating and doing absolutely nothing. And for all the people who say, oh, you like it hot, don't you? It's like being back at home. I am from fucking Southeast London. <laughs> so it makes no... I, so being back at home, I do not like it. I like it cold. I am a autumn person. I love autumn. Absolutely love it. I do not love this hot weather, especially at night as well, because I like sleep and you can't sleep in this weather. And my counterpart who is on here sleeps throughout the day. So I don't know how he does it. It's only Danny the GFP. Danny, how the fuck do you sleep in this weather? I actually even have the duvet on me because I am... Uh... Uh, like my family, my lot are from Ireland. Well, they never. Know. We had for my for my brother's funeral. We had uh, four of my Irish lot come over. There's my aunt, my my cousin, and then three of my nieces, and they are almost transparent. They are so white, and they sat inside the pub the entire time with suntan cream on, sun cream on. So they did, and they wouldn't even go out in the beer garden because they were worried about getting uh, a sunburn. So it's uh, it swings and roundabouts. <laughs> Yes, it's uh, it's it's lovely. I do like it during the day. I think it's nice, but when you're trying to sleep at night, no, not for me. Give me um, 15 degrees, cloudy and overcast. I'm for that all day. Anyway, Danny, you've been out four days in a row, Danny. Like oh, We've yeah. seen all the pictures. Bloody hell, Danny. Like, did they lock away all the kids? Did they? Did they, 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 they were worried. Yes, because because uh, uh, up until about two hours ago, I had my big beardy Father Christmas beard on, and uh, it was very very annoying. So I spent ages getting rid of it, and then uh, so now I feel much better, and I put a clean T-shirt on, and then I went and sat out the front. So yeah, I'd, uh, Sunday was my cousins came down from London. We went out for dinner, and then Monday was the funeral, and then Tuesday, me, Sean, and the mum went to Crystal Lakes near Bedford. Very nice, or Northampton, one of the two. Wednesday, me and Sean went to Cambridge and had a picnic in the big park. And then yesterday, we went uh, to the zoo. I didn't want to let me out. I was going to say, did they try and put you in a cage? They did. And they tried putting Sean in one. And uh, then we come home and we found the biggest spider in the world a few days ago. And then last night, Sean found one in her, in her hair. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, there, there, there were squeals. This what happens when you have all the windows open because it's so hot. These spiders think they can just walk in and um, take over. No, no, no. We don't like that. Anyway, Daniel, we're kind of here to talk football, aren't we? 
And mm. I guess we better start with our magnificent win over what I call uh, our old rival, the biggest rival, because after um, that lot up the road, Man United, for me, are the worst team uh, on the face of the earth. And they've kind of proven it this week because anyone who's actually been on Twitter, and by the way, people, it's Twitter. I'm not calling it X. It is actually Twitter. Yes. yes. So anyone who's actually been on Twitter, Man United fans have absolutely lost their minds. They've lost their shit, like, literally, throughout the whole week. Um, they've just, uh, yeah, I think, don't know if it's to do with international breaks or the fact that, they just can't handle losing to Arsenal, which you think they would be used to it by now since they haven't um, beaten us at our ground for quite a long time. And Wasn't it six it, games? It's something along them lines. And the win that they did have against us last season at Old Trafford, it was robbed because, again, we shouldn't have had a goal ruled off uh, for that foul and foul in quotation marks because it actually wasn't that got chalked off. But, yeah. Um, Danny, let's go straight into the game. So, we got back to our traditional back five. You know, Partey was out injured, which we'll talk about later. But, um, you know, we got back to our normal uh, back five that kind of won us a lot of games last season. That was Ben White at right back. Gabriel came back in to partner Saliba and Zinchenko came back into the squad. Um, like me, was you happy to see that back five re, you know, reunited? <clears throat> Yeah, because me and you have been in a bit of a funk about the Arsenal. I haven't really felt it up until even even during the Man United game. I didn't feel it, and I didn't know. I couldn't put my finger on what it was. And I asked in the group, and a couple of people. You said, "Yeah, you're not really feeling the new season." And then a lot of people on Twitter said, "Yeah, they they're not really feeling it." And I think it was it was the same. The, the problems that we had last season was happening again this season. And we could see that we weren't scoring the goals that we should do. We're letting in stupid goals and it was getting annoying. And this game kind of typified that right up until the end. Um, so I thought, what's the problem with it? The problem is not playing the players in the right position. He saw after a couple of games playing party at right back doesn't work because he does Zinchenko, just goes straight into defensive midfield. And then whoever we have at left back is then left to go and do the, the stuff that we'd normally do from the right back, as in Ben White doesn't always doesn't always drop into the uh, defensive midfield role, but that's what Party was doing. So it's just unbalancing us. And then we've had uh, we've had um, Kivior was the last one playing at left back. And then we had the first game we had Timber, and the second game who did we have in the second game at left back? I can't remember. It was uh, just annoying seeing all the right players and often in the right wrong positions, and uh, we're, we're waiting for um, Kai Havertz to do something. And I'm a little bit on edge because. I know people are going to go, oh, he's put a ball out of place. That's it. He's done. What a waste of money. There's these people, Carl, that are never, ever going to be happy. And not starting Gabriel Megalegs. That was that was worrying. And Ramsdale not looking his usual brilliant self, although he pulled off some saves. And we've got Nketiah playing up front. And I'm thinking, oh, he's not really going to score. But then he's had, he's had some good games. And then we've got a couple of players settling in. Just a combination of all those things. And kind of put me in a, oh, this isn't going to work. And then the second half against Man United, all the right players in the right positions, it started to work, didn't it? Yeah. I mean, I like you, Danny. I just wasn't, probably got to apologise to Chris a little bit because I just, he's asking for people to come on a podcast and I just weren't, I weren't feeling it for numerous reasons. I just can't, I just couldn't be bothered. Um, I weren't, 
I don't know why, but I wasn't as excited about this season as I was probably last season. But I think the Man United games kind of reignited my passion. I think a little mm. bit, definitely. Um, it's, it's, it's got me... Anytime you win against a, a big rival, like it, it brings you up. Because our next game, I believe, is Spurs, isn't it? Um, I believe. Um, yeah. Spurs at home. So, yeah. like, those are two games. If you can't get up for Man United and get up for Spurs, you, you, you can't get up for no game. So, um, I was, like you, just I couldn't be bothered. But, do you know? No, sorry. Everton's our next game, isn't it? Sorry, I lie. It's Everton it? away. It's, it's Everton away, Spurs home. Um, it's Everton away, PSV at home, and then Spurs at home. Bloody oh, hell. yeah. So, I, I, um... Champions League already. Maybe we're going to come to that later as well. Uh, yeah, be, that's been a while. <laughs> yeah. um, so I don't know, but even like, the build-up to the United game, and I was like, yeah, I saw the team. I was like, oh, okay, um, we're back to quote unquote full strength at the back. Uh, the midfield obviously is chopping and changing at the moment because obviously Odegaard's going to start, and so Declan Rice, and then I think that left eight. Uh, position is still up for debate because you don't know whether when Partey's back and fit, we'll talk about that later, um, is the preferred midfield Odegaard, Rice and Partey? Uh, you know, is he going to try and shoehorn Havertz into it? I don't know. So, you're yeah, there thinking, and even like the build-up to the Man United game, and I think we started well. I think we started quite well. We was off them for some reason. We weren't kind of closing them down. We was giving them the ball and, you know, Onana was coming out and uh, I don't know if that was a tactic from Arteta. On Sunday, it was really hot. So I don't know if they were trying to conserve energy. Um, so I'm not too sure. But then when Rashford got the opening goal and, you know, I think we're probably talking about it now, especially... People who are on Kai Havertz's back and in the group, I think I um, was one of them. I think um, John and I had a disagreement like, mm-hmm. about Havertz. And I was saying, like, he, nothing at the moment is coming off of him. And the fact that he was the one that gave away the ball um, to for them to kind of concede, you know, I think that gave the impetus for a lot of people to kind of shut Havertz. Now, as much as I'm frustrated at Havertz at the moment, at the same time, I'm still going to support him, no matter what. He's an Arsenal player, and until he's not an Arsenal player, that's when I'll stop supporting him. But um, I think what you have to understand is people want instant success, and Rice has come in, and he, you know, he's been brilliant. I think Rice has been absolutely excellent. For not just because of the goal, Man United. I think since he's come in, he's been really good, and nothing has seemed to have worked for Havertz at the moment. And I think that's the probably the, the the issue that nothing's worked for him. So yeah, I think um, I was kind of downbeat when Marcus Rashford scored, but Danny, I wasn't downbeat for long. Do you know how long I was actually downbeat for? 35 seconds. <laughs> exactly, Danny. Exactly. Because we do what we do and we went up the other end and scored straight away. And I flipping loved it. Martin Odegaard, that's what a captain should do. Don't do what Bruno does. Do what Martin Odegaard does. It was it was such a good goal. And it was just now it just reminds me of his like do you remember his goal from against Spurs, edge of the box, 
straight into the bottom corner. Goalkeeper had not got a chance. Like for me, that is <clears throat> typical Martin Odegaard, and that's what you want to see from Martin Odegaard. You want to him to mm. sort of get the team, galvanize them. You know, heads don't go down when we concede. You know, they galvanize. He galvanizes the squad, and we got the other end, and we literally score straight away. But they didn't even deserve their goal, did they? They hadn't had a single shot on target up until that goal. And they, because we were just such a, we, some of the stuff we were doing in the first half, passing around, keeping the ball, getting the ball off them. At times it was sloppy, but most of the time you could see the process. You could see it on the pitch. You could see it all working. It was exciting. And then they just go and do a, a typical Spurs goal. That's what that was. It was a Spursy goal. They did deserve it. On the break, bang, we let the goal in. And you think, oh, here we go again. The reason why football have not been on it this season. And then they go and do it and they let the goal in. And because I don't know what Gabriel thinks he was doing. And I think, I don't know... Um, it wasn't the part. It was a stray pass from Havertz, wasn't it? That they that yeah, they got so, and then whacked it up midfield and sit mid, and then they then he ran on and scored. And I thought that's not going to help the, the Kai Havertz fan club, is it? No, not at all. Like, yeah, I was annoying. saying, like um, in the group, like I, you know, it would be Kai Havertz that um, sort of let the stray pass go. And you know, John mm. rightly said, um, "Well, you know, you got to blame Ben White and because." Although from the Kai Havertz pass till it gets to Rashford, it gets into the box, there was numerous chances to stop him, which, you know, John's right, there was. But it was just like, and, you know, let's be honest, Ben White doesn't cover himself in glory in that goal either. Like, he he jockeys. There's two defenders um, covering Marcus Rashford. There's Ben White and there's Saliba. Not one of them go towards... um, Rashford to try and even stop it, and then obviously the shot goes in, and they turn their back. And were they overlapping not... when they rang back as well, rather than running back to each other's positions? They tried to cross over to get back in their own positions. I think. Yeah, it just didn't. It, yeah, I think both of them. I think Ben White doesn't cover himself in glory because he doesn't go towards Marcus Rashford. He lets him get into the box. Um, what Saliba should do is they like, look, I've got this space here, go in and get him, but. <laughs> You know, Michael Fashion scores and, you know, it was a, a decent goal, let's be very honest. And but he's a decent player. Some maybe wouldn't have done that. It's only his first goal of the season, which is surprising. Is it, though? I mean, that yeah. shit show, but we'll get on to that. Right. Oh, um, God, it just keeps getting better, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's just ridiculous. But... I better keep my voice down. Anthony's just moved in next door and I don't want him to come out and give me a slap. Um, but yeah uh, and you know I think the second half I think we started to play a bit better which I I, I don't see my United say they played better in the second half and I don't know if you watch the Sky News Sky News like the Sky Sports commentary but we've got to get Gary Neville of flipping doing my United games he's the most biased person ever I just don't I don't get why they feel like putting Gary Neville on Man United Arsenal games, there's no level of balance whatsoever, like at all. But um, the Kai Havertz well, penalty, so go on. I was, I was listening to Sun um, Super Sport, which is the South African one, but they had Andy Townsend on. You think that uh, Gary Neville is biased? My God, every single thing we got, Andy Townsend was going, No, that's not right. No, that's not it. No, they shouldn't have had that. It shouldn't have had that. It, there's just so many biased arsehole. Um, pundits just they're riddled with them I want to know why they some of them are rubbish as well but that's an entire different podcast what are you going to say? Yeah I just want to ask you about um, the Kai Havertz penalty now 
I don't, I can't, I don't know if you've watched it or rewatched it. Yeah, uh, and seen I downloaded um, the games after. So, just without you know, asking how long, do you think that's a penalty? Um, going by today's standards, yes, where they give a penalty for almost anything. But as usual, uh, you could look at the JFK assassination in slow motion and probably mean they probably get away with it. And go, oh, it wasn't meant to do that. But it, if you slow anything down slow enough, it, it doesn't look as dangerous, and so or, or, or much like a penalty. Two players impeded him. I mean, his left foot did come out a little bit and touch the other person's leg, but two players colliding into each other and him and catching different parts of each people's body. I thought the the um, the benefit of the doubt went to the to the forwards, the strikers, the goal scorer nowadays, the the, the person who's doing the attacking. Uh, they changed the rules so often it could be either way round. But yeah. If, if that had been Man United at Old Trafford, that would have been a penalty. If that had been Spurs at Arsenal or or, or Shite Hart Lane, that would have been a penalty, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. If that's Harry Kane, that's a penalty all day. And it's yeah. not oh, even... Oh, God, yeah. It's definitely not overlooked, not overturned, like 100%. Yeah. I don't... I understand that, you know, they tried to withdraw, but that's, if those two players are not there, he goes, he runs for a goal. Gary Neville, again, well, yeah, I no, Gary no, the, the referee. You had an Aussie bloke in the VAR talking to the referee. Did you hear that? No, I Sky, tried. I, Sky Sports did yeah, I, I, it the other day. Um, I believe that um, but even before Anthony Taylor went to go and look at it, didn't he say it's not a penalty or you need to rescind your decision? Like something along them lines. Like, it's kept just... going on about it. Very, very annoying. So this is the problem. I just feel like rather than looking for reasons not to give the penalty, yeah. they look for reasons... Sorry, rather than look for reasons to give the penalty, they look for reasons not to give it. So I just don't... I mean, we could do a whole podcast on the state of refereeing in, <laughs> in, in England. When you've got referees, ex-referees on TV who only just recently retired, going, that's a penalty. Yeah, that's definitely a penalty. I don't know what they're doing. And you're thinking, these people have got... They, they, the only thing the referees should maybe a little bit biased about is red cards. But be a little bit more hesitant about red cards because that can ruin a game. But when it comes to this, and you've got two players doing what they did, it's clumsy defending. It's just it's just a stroke of luck that they didn't make it a hundred percent penalty with, and then they collided with each other after. It's just it's just um, like with Man City. Man City are getting away with no end of stuff, aren't they? With the uh, who was Outside. it against Wolves? Okay. The, was it against Wolves where they uh, took the, the goalkeeper took the player and they and it wasn't a penalty, and then with the that's outside Man United, one, Man yeah. City, Man, yeah, Man, Man City United. did it as well with uh, with a Kanji, I think that's how yeah, you say it's his just, name. yeah, Kanji, um, the offside, which how they can say that's not interfering with play, I don't understand. And uh, I saw that, and um, what's his face, the referee and manager went on to um, Sky Sports and said, yeah, well. No, <laughs> it looks like him. Oh, the referees day. manager. Yeah, um, is it Mike Riley or someone like no, that? Mike Dean, the, the new one. Um, but yeah, he went on to um, he went on to Sky Sports and was saying, "Yeah, it should have been a penalty." But for me, that doesn't make sense. Him saying, "Oh yeah, you know, it should have been offside." Sorry, or things like that. What does it do to the losing team? Let's say Wolves go down by one point. And because they should yeah. draw on that game, what, what what happens then? Like it's just yeah, well, it, 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 it's trying to be because, but they all get nowhere because it is just 
it's it's like someone has just invented football and everyone's completely unclear with the rules. It's they're making it seem extremely bloody hard. And VAR it still isn't the, the interpretation of VAR. They're still not doing it right, and it's ruining the game. And that could have cost us. But there again, straight after that, I think we kind of made up for. Was it? At what point did uh did the did our penalty our penalty denial come after their goal was disallowed? I can't remember. What no, 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 no. So it was the penalty denial, uh, and then they're offside. So the game was like I think the penalty denial was like 60th minute. And then yeah. the offside was like 88th minute. Do you rate on Anna? Because I don't. I don't. I don't see. I mean, because he comes out of his goal, because he comes yeah. out of his goal and he can kick, the, he's quite good at his feet. That's it. He's conceded eight goals in four games. Like, <laughs> you tell me how that's good goalkeeping. Like, not in the slightest. So I don't get why people are ra- raving about him, saying, oh, he's, he's brilliant, he's this and that. No, he he really isn't. I know he was linked with him at one point in time, and then he had that problem with um yeah when he was at Ajax, he had uh, yeah he had, he, um, he's taken his wife's birth control by accident. I mean, I do that every other week. Don't know about you. I take his yeah, wife's birth control. So yeah, I know the problem, and then we we didn't kind of dropped him, but mm. yeah, I don't I think, rate him. No, and I like BX has put Mendy 2.0, another goalkeeper that was full of errors. I didn't realize that um, Kepper unpronounceable Chelsea have loaned him away somewhere. Yeah, we did. He's got two. I, I was listening to, has he? No, oh, I was listening to the um, the AC Jimbo podcast from the Premier League one. So that was two podcasts ago. And uh, they were saying, I think he asked Raphael Honigstein, he said, uh, um, how far are Chelsea away from having uh, a competitive first team 11? He said in January when they signed 11 more players. <laughs> oh, that kind yeah. of sums them up. <laughs> oh, Genius yeah, podcast. They're a fucking shit show. They're absolute Chelsea. But, yeah. but it saved us. I mean, the, the, saying that the goal changed, that their goal being disallowed changed the game. I mean, that's obvious, but it really did. Because I reckon if they, that goal would have stood, they'd have been two and up. We wouldn't have come back and did what we did. I think that would have killed so. us. Yeah, I don't think so because they would have gone more defensive. I don't think, um, as much as I want to say we would come back, I don't think we come back. Yeah. 80th minute, they all they'll do is just they score that. Yeah, they'll just sit back and do nothing. But Danny, it was outside. Was it disallowed? 88th, I believe. Fucking hell! I'd thought all this happened in the first half. No, second half. God, let's see the. Uh... Yeah, go on, and I will tell a a, a a sweary thing that happened, which is completely out of order, and but it's with me and Sean and Sean's mum, and I'll tell you later. And it is only I could get away with shouting this at my daughter. Go on, carry on. So we get a corner, and up until then, our corners had been shocking, and yeah. I mean really, really bad to the point where even Gary Neville commented and said our Arsenal's corners have not been great, and they hadn't. Like Saka. The only I don't thing know, he got he, right all night. <laughs> yeah, he was. He didn't have a good game, but um, I even said in the group we need to um, have a set piece coach because whatever is happening with these corners are not working properly because neither Saka nor Martinelli could get the ball into the box. I like, couldn't beat the first man whatsoever, and it's becoming a bit of a problem. I'll be honest with you. Like I just don't understand why Saka and Martinelli cannot beat the first man. Ne- never. 
But did it right at the reason, end of the game as well? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't get it. Like it's oh, just it makes weird, me wonder but... why Erdegaard. Yeah, I mean, I know they like it because Erdegaard will be um, around the edge, the edge of the box, box, waiting to yeah to spank them in from half a mile out. But he's our set piece taker. He's our penalty taker. Sometimes he's the uh, the free kick taker, and he's I think he can do either foot. And so why isn't he taking the corners? I mean, Arteta yeah, knows, like but it yeah. is it is worrying. And plus, we've got someone like Havertz there. We've got a six foot four inch person, and that should be the person they're all aiming the the balls at. But maybe it's something that they'll change that will change as we go along. But. The penalty, the, the free, the corners have been rubbish for quite a while now, haven't they? Yeah, then dire, literally dire. But <laughs> come off the man, mm. come off the hour, and Saka decided mm-hmm. to put the ball deep into the box this time. Um, and our 100 million pound signing, uh, Declan Rice controls it on his face. Uh, shoots, it takes a deflection of Johnny Evans. <laughs> Sorry. I Johnny still Evans laugh at United. I still laugh at that. I don't know what the hell they are thinking, but yeah, yeah it goes in off Johnny Evans and the place absolutely erupts. I shouted um, so, so loud. Like, yeah. it was just... Me too. Um, yeah, I, I can't believe that we um we scored and it's just brilliant that we've done it. I mean, um, Danny, what was your reaction to <laughs> when we scored? Oh, oh, we all know I have slight autistic tendencies where I tend to scream things. Like yesterday, we were the other day we were in Cambridge and we're going down the middle of the high street in Cambridge and a woman goes past on a bike. She sticks her hand out to indicate she's going left. I stick my hand out and go high five. <laughs> without even thinking about it and that's the kind of shit so imagine the situation i'm sat here in the electric chair we're getting ready to i had to move um dinner with my cousins from four o'clock to seven so i'm not missing the football and then um so sean sat in front of me and she's on her knees and she's helping me put my shoes on and as she's doing because it's the dying seconds of the game and so declan scores that goal and i shout out oh you fucking dirty bitch. And then, <laughs> and then Sean looks at me and her mum looks at me and I thought, hold on, my daughter's on her knees in front of <laughs> on her knees in front of a man. And I looked to her mum and I went, I bet that's not the first person in this situation to shout that at Sean. <laughs> oh, daddy. Oh, and then I told everybody at dinner and my cousin and her husband didn't know what to say. <laughs> I hadn't planned it. It just came out like that. And then I looked at her, and then I looked at her oh, mum, and then I said it. And it was God, only, only I could you. get away with saying that only to my daughter. You, Danny. Only I explained you. it to Sexy Frank as well, because Sexy Frank has put my shoes off on and off for me as well. I said, Do you know, like when you were putting my shoes on? He said, Yeah. I said, Well, Sean was in that situation. Gist of it is, I was over the fucking moon. And I think that goal might have just got me back on rails for, this, for, for getting into football this season, because that showed the never-give-up attitude of Arsenal and Declan Rice scoring his first goal and beating Man United when they thought they, they were going to... So, like like the um, the title of this podcast says, the comeback kings. We went from 2-1 down to 2-1 up. Which, fantastic. And just, the stadium went bad and Femi was there, wasn't he? Yeah, he was saying that. Imagine being the there, the noise. No, it was he does just... that a lot, doesn't he? It seems... More often than not now, Femi will go, that's the best atmosphere we've ever had. And last season, he, he broke his record for the most atmospheres. 
three or four or five <laughs> times. And this one, best atmosphere ever. And then, oh dear, it's just imagine being there for all of that lot. And then, then, and then the next bit happened, which I don't know what I did after this one. I think I just squealed like a little piggy for a little while. Didn't? What did you do? With the so next I, goal? when the ball came in, I remember it came out to um, Gabriel gave away a foul on the right-hand side. And I was like, oh, fuck's sake. This is like one more chance for them to put the ball back into the box. And they did it. And then there was a good header away from um, Jorginho. And for some reason, when the ball was in the air, Marcus Rashford pulls out of a challenge. I have no idea. Mm. I mean, thank you. But I have no <laughs> yeah, idea cheers. why. <laughs> yeah. And then Reese Nelson plays it over to Fabio Vieira. And you can see um, Arteta telling Vieira to take it into the corner. Vieira's like, <laughs> you must not know who I am. Um, passes it to Gabriel Jesus. Gabriel Jesus runs and fakes a shot. Uh, Dalot uh, is probably still sliding now, I believe. <laughs> uh, and when he done that, I shouted then because I knew it was going to be a goal. Onana does absolutely nothing, turns that to the side. And Gabriel puts the ball into the into the far corner. Oh God, what a thing of you! I think, ladies and gentlemen, I have watched that goal, and I'm not exaggerating when I say this over fifty times. Uh, like, genuinely, I think I've watched that goal over fifty times because the goal is a thing of beauty. I mean, yeah, if you're running along uh, alongside a right footed player, surely you don't slide to put. He's not going to hit that with his right left foot, is he? He's going to no. want to come back into his left foot. So you would think you can keep it onto your left foot, but he doesn't, uh, onto his right foot, he doesn't do that. He slides and puts the ball in. And that, for me, was the absolute cherry on top of an absolute lovely cake. It was yum, yum, delicious. Y- I'm trying to find a, uh, there was a magnificent uh, tweet that somebody did. Oh, I can't find it. That's a shame. Where it was uh, taking the piss out of the Man United defender sliding along on his ass, but I mean, Femi put one in our group, um, which was uh, really good. But I don't know. I I, I cheered a lot. And I think everyone probably around, if you was watching it at home, if you was watching it in the stadium, if you were watching it in a pub, uh, watching it with friends, I think everyone shouted. And that, like you said, Danny brought back the good mood factor um, because it was just... Did it make you I want mean, to go? Did it, it make you wish you yes, were there? <laughs> it, that definitely did. Like, um, I went to the Fulham game and that was, like, heartbreaking a little bit, um, just conceding um, the goal that we conceded. It was just horrible. But this, for me... I mean, beating Man United at any point in the season is is absolutely excellent. The fact that we did it going into international breaks, so they've got two weeks of heartbreak, makes me laugh. And like I said to everyone at the beginning of this show, like if you've got any Man United fans uh, on your timeline that you're watch, looking at on Twitter, I've seen people try to dissect the offside and say it wasn't offside. And I'm like, they've drawn the lines. Like, you can't get away with this. Either it's onside or it's not. Like, there's there's no ways about it. It's not like, you know, like when against Brentford when they forgot to draw the lines and it was blatantly offside. This one wasn't. I mean, I'd, Gabriel done his best Michael Jackson impression and was literally you know, on his tiptoes trying to stay onside, uh, trying to get the guy offside, which is um, 
wonderful. But the Man United tears, like, I am feasting on them because they're still hurt. They're still hurt. And they're still trying to dissect and say, oh, well, we was better the second half. We should have won. Should have, could have, would have. Like, we mm-hmm. still won the game. The history books will show that we beat Manchester United 3-1. Like, doesn't matter what happened in the game. And at no point were they better than us. I don't know why people are saying that they were better than us. At no point in that game were Manchester United better right. than us. I've seen compilations of them passing it around, but they're passing it around in their own half. It's not like they're progressing with the ball and like they're um, putting us under pressure. There's none whatsoever, like, at all. Man United are an awful team at the moment. Um, absolutely dire. And every single time you turn around, there's more scandal. Like, after the game <laughs> when... So after the game when their bald-headed manager tried to say that they were cheated at the game because uh, Anthony Taylor should have given a penalty or it was a foul on Johnny Evans for the Rice goal, which it wasn't. It was the other way around. I don't know. And then he says about um, Sancho, about he hasn't applied himself in training. And then literally five minutes later, Sancho replies and says, uh, I think you're fine. I have been. Yeah. I've been made a scapegoat. Uh, don't listen to what people say. So it's absolutely wonderful. Then the next day, <laughs> it comes <laughs> out all the stuff about Anthony. Then the day after that, um, no, so the day after that, it's... Um, Mason Greenwood's gone to Hatafe, and apparently Man United are still paying his wages. They're oh. paying for um, a house for him to live in, and you know that um, that meet and greet where you know they the presentation. Apparently, yeah. Man United paid for all of that. Oh, what his uh, announcement present- video? Yeah, his announcement. Yeah, Man United uh. paid for all of that. Apparently, um, so they're still <laughs> trying. So they're not saying they haven't sold him. Man United, they still fit it with Man United, and Man United are still funding his wages. Um, then it but they secretly about, hope it's just going to die down, and then they yeah, hundred percent. They they are hundred percent hoping yeah. that uh, this happens, but it won't do. Um, and then it come would Anthony stuff come out, um, which I don't really want to get onto, but everyone knows. Everyone's been on Twitter and seen stories. Yeah. He's been kicked out of the Brazil squad, but that's him. Uh, and then it comes out that they invited some nonce coach as yeah. a guest of honor um, to a dinner at Man United, and you're like, "What the? What next? Like, what? <laughs> how bad could you possibly be, like, of a club? Like, and then their share price, or not just the top of their share price, takes a yeah. tank in as well. Who would want to be a Man United fan this week? Jesus is Lord. Like, and Rachel Riley's having kittens because she's uh, retweeting that she said before they even um, bought Anthony that he'd had an incident. She tweeted about this in 2022. And then retweeting it and going, I told you all these years ago or last year, um, the kind of stuff that he gets up to. Uh, it looks the sort though, doesn't it? I mean, we're not going to go into it, but it does look the kind of person that would, that would do that. And, yeah, uh, and they're a joke club, and what will they do? They'll just try and buy their way out of it like they usually do, and it'll be a oh, failure. Of and they they're are just... the absolute worst they have been, and it is hilarious. I mean, Spurs it's... are even better than Man United, and that's saying something, isn't it? I mean, yeah, beat them 2 0, didn't they? So, yeah, it's um, it's saying that, and I mean, I'm here for the, the Man United meltdown, I really am. But mm-hmm. it's like I was saying to one of my friends, his Man United supporter, Jaden Sancho in Germany, was tearing it up. 
he was magnificent. Absolutely, he was brilliant. And for England in, um, to Dortmund, absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And you're trying to tell me that he's gone to Man United and just all of a sudden he's become this player. Like just well, Rafi Honigstein said that he had issues at Dortmund where um, twice he was told to um, stay away from the ground for just turning up late. And I think one of them was for having a bad attitude about something. But he has got previous, but he is a massively talented player. He was, at the time, he was the best player at Dortmund. It was magnificent. And now well, yeah. he's come here and uh, they were hoping that to try and get rid of him and move him off to to play in the Saudi Pro League. And then that all that all went wrong because uh, they wouldn't offer enough money for him. I mean, they paid, what, 85 million for him or something like that? Some, yeah, He's probably so 400 sure. grand a week. He's on 350 a week. Oh, imagine that for a player who is now never going to play for Man United again because you can't get rid of the manager because that's a half-decent manager. Yeah, he'll, he'll never... And this comes out of his public apology. He'll never, ever play for Man United again. So he's just going to sit there, collect his hmm. 350 a week. I was reading today that, um, you know, the old uh, Mark Overmars was um, uh, fired for sending pictures that he shouldn't to, to people he shouldn't. Apparently, yeah. Ten Hag backed him during all of this lot and said he hadn't done anything wrong or something along those lines. I thought, yeah, that's excellent. You've got this club and everybody that Ten Hag touches is an absolute nightmare. Yeah, at some point, they're going to turn on Ten Hag. That's 100%. They're going to turn on him very, very soon. Well, they can't turn on the players because they've got a billion pounds worth of stuff there that isn't working. Yeah, so... And how long is Rashford going to put up with that for? Because he's well, a, a really decent player. And apparently, just the a contract, bloke. So. Yeah. And he's not going to want his his image tarnished by being at the club full of nonces. <laughs> That's the easiest way to put it. Yeah. So, oh dear. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, the Man United meltdown for me was absolutely excellent, and I think it was important for us to win that game, Danny, um, for many, many reasons. But what you don't want to do is go too far behind Man City. I mean, they're a juggernaut of a team that just seem to, you know, just win and win and win and win and win. And the fact that we're only two points behind them and they're the only team with a hundred percent record. Yeah. Um, I think at this stage of the season, it's important not to fall too far behind that's it because we need to put the pressure on them because the pressure will be on them because are they um, is, are they part of the World Club Cup or wh- whatever that tournament is called where they, they go are away indeed. to yes yeah I'm just going to go and have a little looky poo and see when that is coming up because uh, that's um, one of the many trophies because we stopped them doing the septuple or whatever it's going to be called Um has it got it here? The, the dates for it? No, they did originally have the, the list of all the tournaments. It's that sometime in. in January, isn't it? I'm sure it's sometime. It's this hmm. December, January. I'm sure it is. Um, I think it's oh. just after the first round of the FA Cup, um, of the third round FA Cup. They go over there. So, you know, it's going to be a lot of travelling. Obviously, they're going to win it because only European teams do win that. <laughs> Trophy, but oh. you you know you wanting them to be tired and having them to play catch up because they're going to have 19th, a few games in hand. 19th to the 22nd of December, and they're already in the semi-finals. And the uh, winners in previous years, hmm, I don't know the history, but they're up against the likes of Al Itiad, Auckland City, Club Leon of Mexico, Uruguay Diamonds, Al Ali of Egypt, and uh, that seems to be about it. Who's this uh, 
the Ali Aliad. The who they got on their team? Ah, oh, they're coming up against Encante and Benzema and Jota, the team that they all play for. The so man- yeah, that's going to be a um, little bit of a battle. Santo is the manager of that Al Itihad. Hmm. Yeah. So that'd be good to see them go and play that lot. But it just means that's. Uh, I mean, Christmas is a, is packed enough as it is with games. Let alone having to go and play two games or one minimum of one, possibly two, just before Christmas. Good. Yeah, it's it's going to be a packed schedule, and that's what you want um, them to be distracted by. You know, them to yeah. fall behind, having to play catch up as well. Because if they're behind, I mean, you know, it makes a difference. They're a juggernaut of a team, and they'll just keep winning until they surpass whoever's in the lead. And I think what you don't want to do is go into that period behind them and then they come back and then they just keep on winning. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting, but we'll see what happens with them. But fuck them, as Arsenal. So, Danny, let's talk... Pepe? I was just to say, let's talk transfers now. Literally, oh. is my next thing. So... Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's not been officially, I don't think it's been officially announced, has it? But what Pepe? Oh, yeah, it's done. I was, no, yeah, it's done, but I've also officially announced it. I don't think, oh, because they were having the medical today, weren't they? Yeah, so Pepe is leaving left, depending on when you watch this. Hmm. Um, Danny, describe, describe Pepe because I'm at a bit of a loss to think was I mean people are calling him the biggest flop of all time in the Premier League <laughs> I don't believe that no. do I believe he's in the top five possibly um that transfer was a very very weird one it just did not work out at all for the money that he came for he was before Declan Rice our highest transfer ever in the history of Arsenal. He came on the back of a very good season from um in France in Ligue 1. Lille. Um from Lille. Very, very good season. I remember Chris saying ranting about him saying oh he's very, very good. He's brilliant, you know, if we use him correctly. I I think everyone at the time sort of um I think everyone at the time raised their eyebrows at the price tag. Everyone did. Oh, I think even Chris eyebrows and went, "Who's he?" Yeah, I think even Chris raised his eyebrows. It was like seventy-two million is quite a lot of money, um, but he doesn't di- dictate the price. Um, I thought it was a, a lot of money at the time because um, again, you didn't really hear about him, so he was like, "Okay." He have you got his stats up, Danny? Yeah, he um, I think he, he's he's been hard. He's not value for money, he was not a failure of a player. First season, 31 Prem games, five goals overall, 42 games, eight goals. Not bad for a right midfielder. And then, plus, remember, he's got Saka coming through next season in the Premier League, 29 games, 10 goals, and then 47 games, 16 goals overall for the season. Very decent season. I mean, you could look back at Perez and Lundberg and Marwood and Overmars and go, did they ever score 16 goals in a season? Well, if they didn't for a season, were they a failure? 
But then last, the, his penultimate season with us, uh, 20 games, one goal in the Premier League, and then 23 games, three goals overall. And then he went to, oh, I said, Leo, uh, yeah, he went to Nice on loan last season. Six goals in 19 uh, league on games, but then he got injured in the second half of the season. And overall, 28 games and eight goals. But I'm just looking uh, for last season, because I know we only got between four and five million for him from Trabzonspor. Last season, we loaned him out. I'm trying to say, on our website, I have how much players, um, we got loan fee for them. Players out, players loaned out. Depends how far down, because we had so many players leave. Pepe, no, I haven't got down there how much we loaned him out for. But I think it would have been three, four, five million for him to go to Nice, because that's when they were throwing money at all their play, all the people coming in. And then they let Ramsey go. They cancelled Kasper Schmeichel's contract. Did you know that? Yes. Yeah, so yeah, things haven't really worked out there. But I've, I, you have a look at the compilations that are of him on YouTube. I, I mean, yeah, someone tweeted it recently, and I put it in the WhatsApp group and went, "That isn't a shit player. That is a player who is really, really good. He's kind of confidence player. But when you've got Saka who plays in that position, what are you going to do? I mean, Saka's the greatest player in the world, or will be. He's on the verge of being it." And then you've got Martinelli on the left. Is he better than Martinelli? And is he better than Saka? No. Well, you're never going to play then, are you? Which is why his last season, 20 Premier League games, one goal, most of those were coming on as a sub. So he was done. But it's just a shame that the, the human toad got his sticky fingers all over that deal. And we paid £72 million for a player that was a £30 million player who had one decent season with Lille. And, and it was brilliant. And he'll go on. And he's 28. He'll go on. And he'll still have a decent career. So what do you think was, do you think the emergence of Saka was the reason why he didn't fulfil kind of what we wanted from him? No, uh, partly. But I think it's, we've seen with so many decent players we've had at the club, you're, you're not Arteta's man. You, you didn't buy him. If he didn't buy you, you ain't really got much of a future at the club unless you're on the verge of being a world-class player, which the players he inherited are going to do that he didn't buy Saliba he didn't buy Gabriel he didn't buy um, uh, Martinelli or Saka not that anybody bought Saka even we're finding with ESR who is a genuine magnificent player he can't even get in the team and he seems so unwilling to rest Saka we've seen what Saka's played two back-to-back 38 game seasons and Pepe must look at that and go well even when even when we're winning and he's still not bringing me on. Even when we were playing against a rubbish team, he's still not giving me a start. I ain't got a future at the club. And that's going to... I mean, his, his self-worth as an individual and as a player probably took a beating on that. And then he went to France and thought, oh, yeah, I'll show them. Got an injury. And you go, oh. And then you're not part of the pre-season squad, didn't do anything, not even given a, a squad number. The only person who's living like that is Cedric Suarez. No, Suarez, who's a uh, he's like he's the cockroach of the Arsenal. We just can't get rid of him, can't kill him. I think it was a tactical decision to keep. Well, we'll get on to that later. Um, I don't. Oh, he has got a squad number. Just checking, he's got a squad number. He has. He's still got number seventeen. Has he? Um, oh. Yes, he's got a squad number. Well, he shouldn't have. I think he'll I was, say because of because of Timber, I think he will play the League Cup games because you think in the League Cup you don't really want to play the number one back line. So you could no. see like, you know, 
Suarez, Kivio, and it'll be one of Williams, Lieber, and or Gabriel playing alongside Tommy Asu right back. Sorry, left back. Because uh, we've gone, I think we've gone from being stacked in defence to kind of short in the defence. Because you think, oh, we've got two, maybe three fit centre-backs. Mm. Kivio, who can play there, Saliba and Gabriel. Okay, at a push. Because you're doing the square pegs round whole thing. So uh, uh, Ben White like can that. play there. Yep, Kivio can play there. Um, Tommy Asu can play there. Um, you've got one fit left recognized left back, which is Zinchenko. Again, he hasn't changed push, his tune, has he? He's still making not, mistakes. And at a push, you can put Kivio there. Um, didn't really work. At, not at right back, you've got Ben White and Tommy Asu. So we've gone from being like, you know, or we've got players in abundance to we're kind of short at. Um, in the centre, in the defence department. And it's not like Arsenal get any injuries, is it? Nah, not at all. It's not like, you know, it's not like we buy a player and then on his second game, he's out for <laughs> eight, nine months. Oh, um, completely. And I'm so shocked that we didn't get cover for him. I'm really shocked that we still let... I know a lot of people say Tierney didn't want us to play, so we had to let him go. And... Um, same with Rob Holding, people to go, but the fact that you know we got that timber injury, who will be, I think we will be very, very blessed if we see timber this season again. I think it is a, one of those, it's one of the worst those injuries, injuries. Yeah, those injuries take a long time to heal, a very long time. So, I don't, I, I, like I said, I'll be very, very blessed if we see him again this season. Um, and to let Okay, Tierney didn't fit into Arteta's plans, so he had to let him go. He wanted first-team football, rightly so. I don't blame him. But at some point, you say, look, we are going to need you because we're short. Letting holding go for four million, I'll be honest with you, I don't understand. I don't get that. I don't get it at all. I really do not understand that. Somebody made a really good point in our WhatsApp group. They said... You'd pay more than I think Leicester paid more than that for a Premier League player coming to play in the Championship. So maybe yeah, it was a con- thank you to con- We'll we'll yeah, let you con- go con- for a, yeah. We'll let that was it. We'll let um, you go to Crystal Palace because you've been such a great servant for the club. That's the kind of things that Arsenal do. Is, He's been there. But this best is part business. Like, right here, this is business. Like I don't, I I don't. Arsenal was such a bad selling club, and I know I can hear I can hear Chris. Carpenter and John in the back, in my back of my head saying, no, we're not, blah, blah, blah. We are. We are a really bad selling club. I said, and I still stand by this, and I will die on this hill, Rob Holding plays for any other club in the Premier League, he goes for 10 million minimum. That feels Fact. just about 12 to 15. Fact, 100%. Fact, he goes for 10 million plus. Hmm. 100%. And I had this... I think me and John are going to have to fight soon, you know, because that uh, we've been having so many arguments in the WhatsApp group. You won't I have said, anything negative said about Eddie either, will he? No, he's he's he's, uh, he's dying of that habit here as well, definitely. Oh, John's, um, John's not here because the place that he was renting with his mate, uh, yeah, his mate has had to sell it, so John hasn't got anywhere to set up all of his equipment. There's, there's nothing wrong with John. Back. John will be back soon, like 100%, yeah. and, you know, he'll... Oh, he'll get, there'll be words when he comes back. He'll be... Oh, Put the baby in the um, corner and shout at him. <laughs> so I, 
I said that um, Eddie, so no, not Eddie, sorry. Um, who did we just sell? Um, Ballingon. So Ballingon, I hear, I know what Chris said. Chris said that we won't get more than 20 million, no, I think it's 30 million for him. I think it was um, 30. Yeah. So I was like, okay, should we have got more? Yes. Yeah. So I said to John, how did Man City sell um, their striker who hasn't had any real first team football to Chelsea? And yes, I understand it depends on a buying club, but how did they manage to sell their striker to um, Chelsea for 40 odd million? And Balogun, who's had an excellent season in League One, can't generate, can't, can't muster. Um, a bit of forty million. Like it, it, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't for me. It doesn't make sense. And I think because people know we're such a bad selling club, they hold <laughs> out. Got a they, reputation. They, yeah, they hold out. So they'll say, you know, it's like when you say, "Oh, I've got an apple. It's cost a pound. I'll give you fifty p for it." No, but it cost a pound. I'll give you fifty p for it. And okay, I don't want it no more. I'll, I'll come back. Oh, by the way, I'm now going to offer you forty five p. Yeah, we'll take that. Like and it's just like I don't get how Arsenal such a bad sending club. Like, look, I'm not saying we should have got millions for Pepe or millions for Balogun, but do I think Balogun should have gone for more than he did? Yes, considering the money that's been flying around this season. Yes, Balogun is not a bad player. He had an excellent season in the league on. So why can't we get Master more for him? And yes. I hear what you're saying. It depends on the buying club um, and how much money they've got and how much money they're willing to offer. But why is it that Arsenal just can't get... Like, even the Kieran Tierney situation, um, I believe it's a loan with no obligation to buy. Yeah, 1.2 million loan fee. and I That's think ridiculous. That's grand. ridiculous. That's, that's not good. Like, same with holding. Holding should have gone for more 100%. Um, Phil asks you, would you have wanted to sell Balogun to Chelsea for an extra 20 million? Yeah, I would have. I think I, I think I would have. So Chelsea what, could have for, LA at the moment and still be shit. Yeah, so would I would have would I have sold Balogun for what did you go for? 20 27? No, 37 um 30. Hold on, I've got it on our WhatsApp. Chris per 38 million euros plus 7 million euros in add ons, so 45 million euros, which is say about 42 million pounds. So, so would you have told him sold... 62? Basically, yeah, I it for habits. <laughs> basically, yeah. So, would yeah. I have given, yeah, I would have because I don't rate Chelsea. Um, I don't think he's up there. So, yeah, 100%. I would have taken, definitely would have taken that money. I just, I don't know. I, I look at the Arsenal squad now and, and I, be, I do believe in, you know, don't hold on to players for too long. The Sharks are going to start swimming around Saka. So I honestly think if for some reason Salah does go to uh, the Middle East and he does go for, I don't know, I don't believe what Paul Merson said, like, oh, so so I think that the transfer window's closed now. It closed on the 7th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just saying, like, remember, January's come round the corner yeah. and next season. 
Well, they'll just change the rules. I mean, the 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 the, um, the public fund bought the four, big four clubs. It's like buying uh, Man City, uh, Arsenal, Man United, and and Chelsea. They, they bought them, so they can just change it. Oh, no update. We've we've changed the, tra- the transfer windows open all year round. We'll offer you two twenty five for Salah. But there, someone said that the the Saudis and the Egyptians haven't really been getting on lately. Oh well, there's. There is that, but um, yeah, too many little politics in this podcast. But yeah, I I just think I'm not so. Yeah, I think our our selling needs to improve. It's always been the, the way, whole, though, hasn't it? Under Wenger, we I mean even under, we're buying Kai, Kai Havertz. Chelsea didn't want him, but yet we still paid sixty five million. If if Kai Havertz was an Arsenal player that we paid seventy million for and didn't want anymore, that hasn't worked out. No way we'd get 65 million for him. We'd Not be lucky to get 30. So Not what, a what it's chance. just always been the Arsenal way. We sell our players for not enough and we overpay for players that we don't want. And it's so unlike Arteta to go in and buy a player that has failed at his previous club. Jorginho hadn't failed. Jorginho is a hell of a player, as we've seen every time he comes on. But to go and pay buy a player that the other club didn't want, that it hasn't worked, and then pay almost as much as they paid for him. I don't like it when we buy players that haven't worked out and we hope we're going to turn it around. We can't all be a Mark Overmars purchase where you this buy somebody who's broken I, and it turns out to be genius. So this is why I am um, reserving judgment for habits and I'm doing it because of John. I am. Um, I have my yeah. theories and I'm going to give him a season. No matter what happens, I'm going to give him the whole season. I'm going to give him the whole season. And then you're saying, just like... Like Fabio Vieira. Fabio Vieira, let's be very honest, wasn't very good no. last season. But it just shows this you season, how quick the crowd turns. He's had two good touches of the ball. He's our greatest player. <laughs> <laughs> you have to you have to give people a chance. And that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna give Habits a chance. I'm going to, because when judging him on what four games is ridiculous. It really is. Like it's just Thierry Henry didn't score for God knows how many games. Dennis Bergkamp didn't score for God knows how many games. Look how they turned out to be. So, yeah, so uh, you, you can't judge people so harshly, so quickly. Our you know, fans because... are so critical at the moment. A player can be shit at the start of a game, magnificent at half-time, and they want him out again at full-time. It's yeah, unreal it's... how quickly they are so fickle. Exactly. Most so, of them are idiots. It's, it's just ridiculous. Um, I Yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold back. I still may moan about him. I'll moan about all our players, but... I'm not going to start shouting from the rooftops as a waste of money because you don't know what's going to happen. So let's you just also, reserve judgment. You've also got to look at it. We're not just getting four million pound for Bob Holding. He's on sixty, seventy grand a week. Times that by the rest of his contract, which is what a year, and then that's that's a few million pound. Pepe, hundred and forty grand a week. You times that by the rest of the year of his contract. Echo, one hundred and forty thousand times fifty-two. Six million, one hundred and forty thousand times seven point two million, seven million two hundred and eighty thousand. All right, love, shut up now. So seven point two million. So we may only be getting four or five for him, but then you're saving another seven. I remember um, Fife used to always go on about amortisation, where you go that we've got a seventy-two million pound player in the first year, he lose ten percent. We can claim that back on tax or VAT or trading stamps or Argos vouchers or however it works. And the next season, so over the space of a that's why Chelsea bought all these players on eight-year contracts because over the length of the eight-year contract, yeah. they can write off the player's value. Where's Fifi when you need him? Because I've got no idea how that works. So I'm going to shut up about it before someone notices. I don't know what I'm talking about. 
Oh. Yeah, I think um, you're, you're right then. I think the money off the books for wages frees up. It, it, it's I think it's quite important because I think I don't want to talk about transfers in the future, but I think we are probably looking at a new striker very, very soon, uh, depending on kind of what Jesus does and how Eddie plays, but that's another story. But Danny, just... Yes. On on our on our ins this season, yes. what would you rate our transfer windows? I think we've kind of covered it. I haven't up if you go people, if you go to a burkatwonderland.co.uk, have a look at the top of the page, you'll see transfers and you can bring it down to a little menu and then it will give you for this season. So without updating Big Bob and Pepe, this season we spent a two hundred and eight million pounds six hundred on players. Uh, we've brought, yeah, that's how much we've uh, spent on players, which adds up to £593,000 a week. You think, fucking, that's a lot of money. But then when it comes, even before you add Big Bob and Pepe to this, we, we've made £74 million in player sales. But the important part is we've saved £484,000 a week compared to the five ninety three that we've paid out. And that's if, with a little caveat, the players out on loan, the, the, their new clubs pay their wages for them being out on loan. And then when you add to the fact that Big Bob was on, say, what, 60 grand a week and Pepe is on 140 grand a week, that takes that up from 484,000 a week saved to 600, best part of 700,000 pound a week saved in wages compared to the 600,000 a week that we're now spending in wages. And we've had, we've bought in three players. We've only bought three, one player on loan, that's four. 21 players have left the club, either been sold or released, and another 19 players have been loaned out. Yet another. Arteta may be saying to them, look, I want these players gone. I don't care. Like like we saw with the Young deal. They they could have done it better, but they wanted Young gone and no longer be a problem with the club, with the wages, with the attitude, with the loaning him out. They probably can't be bothered. And the Cronkies are so rich, they don't care. So it's a little bit like when you're younger and you've got the kid who's spent, his parents have bought him a fortune with a panini stickers. I don't want this one. You throw, you're throwing a Franz Beckenbauer away. Are you mad? Don't want it. Got it. Throw it in the bin. This one, Bobby Ball. No, Alan Ball. I don't want that. Throw it in the bin. Alan Ball, Arsenal captain, legendary player. Throw it in the bin. That's the kind of attitude that some clubs have got. And it seems at times we just want to go get them all out. We don't want them at the club. The future isn't by having all these players. And that you can kind of understand along with amortisation and along with getting rid of the, the, the wages off the bill, we're 100 grand better off a week than we were at, this time, at the beginning of the season with three brand new players. So, kind of makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I think there's a lot of things. I think, you know, including bonuses and things like that. I mean, I don't... You know what? Like, um, John's getting a lot of love on this podcast today. Um, like John says, it's not my money. Pay the fucking... Um, just pay it. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, we've exactly. done that for... We don't have a declaration of mice, you know, it's not our money, and we just paid what we on what we did for him. Declan Rice has turned out to be uh, a hell of a player at the moment. Um, I think Kai Havertz will come good. I think he's yep. just he's a confidence player like Pepe, like everyone. He needs but, to like find I said, his rhythm as well. That's what it is. He just needs to find once he gets there. I mean, you know, that air shot. I don't know if you remember the air shot against uh, Man United. <laughs> the overhead that, kick that, that he missed. Fuck no! No, it was one where the ball got played to him, and he just totally missed the ball. Like if he made any connection, it's a goal. Yes, and he nearly spun totally, around on the spot. Yeah, and it's just like yeah. You, you, oh, the you overhead try, was, you're Vier- was Vieira. Best. 
Yeah, you're trying your best, and you're just like, Kai, please come on, like, please, Kai. But keep it simple. You know, it, it will get there. He's getting in the right. He's getting in the right positions. And he's getting there. It just needs. He's one of the ones where I think when one thing goes for him, that'll be it. Yeah. Once it, I kicks. think that'll be it. He will. Yeah. So that's what we need. So, I'm. I think for I think Jury and Timber in the first three games that you saw, he was fucking excellent. He was absolutely brilliant. It's just a shame. It's a real shame that he got an injury. You're not going to see him this season. I think it's a real, real, it's horrible for a player. Because you're coming to a new club, you know, you're, you're ready, you're hype, and that happens. So, but he's not coming, he's not a player who's coming in to save the club. He's a club coming and joining a club on a high. So it's going to be a yeah. lot easier for him to fit in. It's not all doom and gloom. It's not like we're all on our asses. He is joining a magnificent club having the time of their lives and that the, the, the reaction by the players and the fans and the manager after that, the, the three, one fantastic. Every player would look at that and go, I want to be a part of that. I mean, look at the man United players. They, they like, it's like a, I don't know what it's like a bloody wake. It's horrible. And it's wonderful. I mean, yeah, it, it's just, well, I think there's such a good atmosphere around Arsenal. Um, but as you know, Arsenal fans can be fucking toxic. Because one bit. loss, I mean, we haven't won away to Everton, I believe, in about four or five seasons, I, I want to say, Danny, I maybe. Should, I should kind of have a little Yeah, I remember last season we lost to them. Do you remember Sean Dyche, new manager bounce? We lost to them. And then we lost um, the game away to Everton before that. Because I remember that's the one where Godfrey stamped on... Um, Tomiyasu, and I think they got a goal in like the last minute of the game or something along them lines. Um, so Everton, a bit of a bogey team. Everton away, I should want to say, are a yeah. little bit of a bogey team for Arsenal. The last time um, we beat them away, we beat them 5-2 in October 2017. Gee, 17? Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> oh, yeah. How have we not won there five, five years? Well, the last game in Premier League, we lost 1-0. Game before that, Premier League lost 2-1. Game before that, Premier League, we lost 2-1. Game before that, Premier League, 0-0. Game before that, Premier League lost 1-0. Game before that, um, Premier League beat them 5-2. Go on, have a guess at the goal scorers. There's five different in two, ones. In 2017, Rooney even scored for them. Of course he did. So, he back, in 2017, yeah. I want to say... 2017... Uh, Ozil? Yep. Um, Lacazette? Yep. Um, and he's not, the people at home, he's not, he hasn't got a not, screen not, on the go. He's holding I'm his not, hand over his head. I probably, I'm, I probably, I'm not like, I'm not, yeah. hasn't to such mouth. So I want to say Sanchez? Yeah. Oh, the pressure's 2000, on. 2017. Uh, who would have played in midfield? Uh, Ramsdale, not Ramsdale. Um, um, our Welsh one, <laughs> the Welsh bloke. Yeah, that's it, Ramsey. Ramsey, you got one was. more to go. Scored the, the our first goal. Uh, get it. He's not really a goal scorer. Oxley Chamberlain, no oh, defender. Oh, okay, no. Who would have scored? Uh, Kashani? No, Spanish. Monreal. Hey. Oh, that's not too bad. Four out of five. Uh, 
That's not Four too out bad. Five straight away. They scored first with Wayne Rooney. And then there was three goals in the 90th minute. Nissi, Niasi, Ramsey and Sanchez all scored in the 90th minute. Bloody hell. I can't... Five years since we beat Everton away. Wow. Six. It'll be six years this October. Six, that's ridiculous. That's We fucking better beat them that's uh, next time football. we play them. That's what that is. <laughs> <laughs> it really, really is. Like, that's disgusting. That, yeah. Um, that definitely is a bogey team for Arsenal. We... That, Carl, at the end of the show, don't forget to need to tell the boys and girls that I am on the Gooners v Cancer podcast on Sunday uh, between nine and eleven, doing with James Johnson, who is is uh, restarted his channel again, and it is the Who Am I, a two-hour special. So that's Gooners versus Ch- uh, Cancer on Sunday. I hope I remember to go. We will definitely repeat that at the end of the show. I'll let you. Yeah. It, so I'm definitely going to forget. I'll forget. Right, so Danny, like going forward, I mean, we've covered the Man United game, we've covered, you know, the feel good factor at Arsenal, we've covered, um, uh, what was we covered? We covered the transfer window. Let's talk Champions League, Danny, because this is something we haven't spoken about in eight years, Danny. Eight fucking years. Danny, do you know the last time we played in the Champions League, we conceded 10 goals? Yes, we did. 5-1 home and away. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hell, like, that's horrible. So our Champions League group, for anyone who doesn't know, we have uh, PSV in our Champions League group. We also have Lille, which Chris is uh, absolutely going over the moon at. Oh, no, we don't have Lille. We have Lance. Sorry, Lille. Where did I get that from? We have Lance, RC Lance, and we have Sevilla. Um, in our Champions League group. So, Danny, um, PSV Eindhoven, I believe they are the Dutch champions. I, I do believe. We played them last season um, in the we in Europa League, didn't we? And we lost away and we won at home. Uh, Sevilla... They won't take the Champions League seriously because they just want to drop down into the Europa League so they can win that for the 752nd time, I believe. And RC Lance, who snuck into the Champions League and finished fourth in League 1. Um, Danny, what do you make of... I mean, it's, first of all, it's going to be great to have Champions League football back at Arsenal. And Jeff, if you're listening to this, I've messaged you and you're not replying to my t- messages, reply to this message, Jeff, because I need a ticket. Jeff, um, again, if you're listening to this, reply to- I'm going to message him again anyway. Um, but I'm um, just looking back at that show. The, is the, it was the 8th of March, 2017. Live radio show, uh, 127, Arsenal 1, Bayern Munich 5. Guess who was the host? The Jonah. Chris, obviously. Chris was the host. And the three guests were John Welsh, you and me. <laughs> if anybody wants to go back and have a little look at it, um, I'll put it put it in the in the chat there. So that's our website, and that's got a link to um, the YouTube, and it's got a link to all the other things there. And uh, should I? <laughs> I might have listened to that actually because we must have been pissed. We must have been fuming, and Chris would have been like, "Oh well, you know, well, what do you expect? Like, it's fine." Hold on. Like, I'm, I'm going to bring it up. I, I can't listen to the audio, so you'll have to let me know. Share screen, ABW Radio. 
There we go. And can you hear it? Well, you're hosting, you tit. No, I'm not. I told you to piss off you to it. I said you've got a host tonight. (laughs) Well, this has started well, hasn't it? (laughs) Can you hear it? Welcome, fellow gooner, broken-hearted. Let me know when to stop. Here we are. Your introduction. Today, in this moment of need, everybody grab someone you've been love horrible to about me. Be all right in the end. <laughs> we have. Going yeah, you can stop it now, Danny. But yeah, oh, I think, look um, how young he looks. What? Oh, no, sick. No. Even John is yeah, even grey back then. My know. beard is still <laughs> mostly brown. No, look at me, Jesus. Good. Did have a beard back then, Jesus uh, Louise? Oh, but yeah, I'm gonna go um, give it a thumbs up. That was. <laughs> that was. Yeah, I mean, first of all, Danny, like mm. I'm sure you'll definitely watch the game against. Um, this is our first home game, I, I believe it's uh, PSV at home. Yeah, PSV at home. Yeah. What's it? What's, what do you think atmosphere is going to be like when that Champions League music is playing at the Emirates for the first time in eight years? Well, going by the way, the atmosphere is at the moment uh, uh, during most games, it's going to be absolutely electric. I mean, that's what I didn't really, I was never, if you go back and listen to old ABW shows, I was never a great fan of European football because it used to annoy me because I wanted to concentrate on the league because for, for me, I'd much rather win the Premier League than would win the Champions League. And that's not saying that just because we haven't won it. Uh, I just, I'd just rather win the, the the Premier League because that says I want to be the best in my country. Especially now, they know with all the finagling going on with the Champions League, it doesn't really mean you're playing against the best teams in the world in Europe. Um, it's going to be great. It is going to be spine tingling, toe twitching, hair curling, magnificence. And especially when you look at the fact that PSV were playing against Rangers, and they, I think it was two two at Rangers, and then I think they beat them six. 6-2 at PSV and then yeah. you think oh they're in the Champions League they're going to keep all their best players but they didn't they sold um, a couple of the players have still gone you've got um, one to Napoli for 15 million um, Dest has gone to Barcelona I thought he was originally at Barcelona anyway another one has gone to Bologna and they've had some some of their best players have either been loaned out or sold uh, no, they're the players they brought in. No wonder I thought Dest was at, at Barcelona. It's the other way around. <laughs> no, they, they, that was it. The one they were talking about on the pod today, they bought their midfield of uh, sold it to Forest for 30 million. And that was one of their best players. And so that that's really good. The, their, one of their best players has gone from the club, even though they qualified to get into the, the group stage of the Champions League. Um, we played them again a few years ago, didn't we? Uh, I'm not sure how we got on against them. I did have a list of all the games that we played, but yeah, we played them. So we played them last season, then we and we, like I said, in the Europa League, we won at home and we lost away to them. Yeah, um, I'm not too bothered by them. I do like PSV. I mean, I'm an I an IX fan because because of Bergam. But I did used to like PSV back in the day because they had Romario play for them and the real Ronaldo played for them. But I don't think there'd be much trouble. Uh, I'm trying to find PSV. At what stage did we um, play them last season when the one they beat us? Was, he, was it was all it over and stage? done with? It was, huh? group stage. it was the group stage, wasn't it? Because remember, the game got called off or moved because of the Queen's funeral. Ah, oh, I vaguely do remember. But it was the last, what, what I was looking for at what point. It was so group it stage. Was, uh, yeah. No, I mean, it's in the group stage. Was it the last game of the group stage? Then I wouldn't oh. be overly bothered. No, it was because when the game got moved, that became this, it became a decided, didn't it? Because um, who would finish top of the group? 
Yeah, I don't know why I didn't just look at the wiki page, Wikipedia page on. I might as well just go on the Wikipedia page and had a look and save myself a lot of bother. Um, but yeah, we're gonna. And we paid. Gonna... Yeah. So yeah. Um. I don't know. I'm not overly worried about it. See, I'm trying to do two things at once here. So it is weird yeah, that we're playing them in back-to-back seasons. I don't think they're going to be much much trouble for us. I don't depends. Um, fortunately, I need to have a look think... at a couple of things. I should have got these these pages up before. And had, um, yes. how are they doing in, in Holland? Are they doing well in the league? It's only um, four or five games into the league. Are they? I think they're top, aren't they? Oh, here we go. I found it. Um, PSV, it was the penultimate game of the group stages. And with a beat us 2 0, then we beat Zurich 1 0 at home. And so yeah, we ended up winning the group. Top. Yeah, I vaguely remember that was being an important game. Um, no, I don't think they've got much to offer. That game was an important game. So it wasn't like it was a dead rubber game. They beat us fair and square on that one. And this season, I'm just looking at them and they are currently first in the Eredivisie. Which is nice for them. Yeah. Um, so I think I think they're going to be our main competition. Personally, I think. Oh, um, they're joint top. You've got and the, and the other two, Seville and RC Lance. They're having a shocking season. Seville, they've played three, lost three. And they got um, old matey boy back from Real Madrid. What's his name? The one who went to PSG, Spanish bloke. Started his career at, at, at um, oh, Sevilla. Oh, um, um, long Mr. hair, all tattoos. Yes. Well, I will tell you in a second. Someone in the chat, come on, people, <laughs> save us because right. we're floundering. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is what happens when we don't have uh, a list of what we're talking about. Ramos, ah, Sergio Ramos, yeah, yes, he's back, um, but they're, yeah, they're Sergio. bottom of the uh, yeah. of their league. They played three, lost three, which is absolutely disgusting for them. For them to go into a Champions League game, you know, uh, into a Champions League, you know, three losses on the bounce, it's not the best. And even Lance as well, I think they've like played for loss three, drawn one. I, 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 I do vaguely remember people tweeting that yet again Arsenal got a lucky group draw. I thought, what, they've obviously forgot back in the time where we get Barcelona regularly or Bayern Munich regularly in the group games. It's not a jammy draw for Arsenal. We're, we're just getting a little bit of um, a little bit of lady luck for all the shit draws that we've had playing the, the same hard teams every single bloody season and then getting knocked out by them. So I would think that group will win it. Hopefully we'll win it with a few game with a couple of games left to, left to go and then we'll be able to pass oh, yes, some of the 100%. rest some yeah. players that uh, are League Cup players that maybe oh, i've got a little thing haven't i I've got a little uh little picture here of our backup team so there's there's our two teams that we've got our, our best 11s i think i've updated this right um got party in midfield yeah that's i think that's definitely our best team there so then we'll have some of the other ones well i have to take tyranny out of this one i yeah. and timber and, timber. and turner fucking hell it's falling apart <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i need to go and update that but the gist of it is the likes of Kivior will get a game. Tommy Ashill will. Um, Raya, that'll him. How long do you think it'll be before Raya gets a Premier League start? Because there are grumblings See, that I, so Arteta isn't happy with Ramsdale. I guess we're talking about it now. Like I, I don't think Ramsdale has done anything to warrant dropping him. I don't. No, I, I honestly it would don't. be. It would be a bit. Um, mean. So I believe that we've asked Brentford for dispensation to play Raya in the League Cup, and they've said yes. 
which is obviously a, a good thing. So that'll be that will more than likely be his first game. Would I play Raya in the Champions League and Ramsdale in the league? I probably would. So I heard Whether, someone say that they reckon they reckon Arteta will give Raya the Champions League games. So I, I would I would agree to that. I would uh-huh. say yes because one he'd be playing every other week, so that would give his match fitness back up. Um, like I said, I don't think we've got the hardest Champions League group. I mean, like I said, Lance have gone four games without a win. Sevilla have gone uh, three games without a win. Um, do uh, Ramp Raya is not a bad goalkeeper. He's quite good. He's you know, good. so he's going to need at some point. He's going to need games. He can't just sit on he sit there still. And there's no way he agreed to come to Arsenal on loan yeah. and not be told that he's going to get games. Like he doesn't. He doesn't do that. Like, That's not hundred percent. So what gets? I just don't. I'm not, and I'm not Ramsdale's biggest fan. I'm not in the slightest. But I don't think Ramsdale's done enough to warrant being dropped per se. He has saved us a lot in recent seasons, but I still get nervous that he's going to do something clownish. Oh, yeah, when he gets me too. Ball. That yeah, worries 100%. me. Um, I don't but think... again, that's what makes him special. But that's all goalkeepers. What goalkeeper in the world do you, do you think that you can guarantee and say, oh, I'm not getting, I'm getting nervous when he gets in the ball. Every goalkeeper mm-hmm. in, the, in the world makes you nervous. I mean, you know, you think of our David Seaman, I'm sure he used to make you nervous as well. Jens Lehmann, Jesus, when that one was, you know, he used to make me nervous just stepping onto the pitch. Um, so all of all, every goalkeeper makes me nervous, but I don't think I, I, I like I said, I'm not Ramsdale's biggest fan at all. I not, but I don't think he's done enough to be dropped. Yeah, what would I give? Would I give Ray our Champions League and Cup games? Hundred percent. 100% I would absolutely give him all the cup games. Well, I think that group is staged well enough for us to be able to play both of them in the, in there. They both get some games, whether it's Raya first and then it's going to be Ramsdale for once we've qualified or whether it's going to whether it'll be the other way around. But what we don't want is our backup keeper to come in having played no games, as we saw that with Turner last season. In the end, he wasn't even getting the Europa League games, was he? Yeah, he didn't. He didn't uh, he, at all. So that's what I don't want. But as you know, Arteta doesn't really chop and change his team a lot mm. um, at all. So yeah, I, I do see. I do definitely see Ramsdale as our number one. And as much as you know, he gets on my nerves. I don't think he should be dropped at all. But for the Champions League games, should he be rotated? Yes. But I still think the league should be Ramsdale's and Ramsdale's alone for him to. So we see Man United, flourish. Man City do that, and they've got two really decent goalkeepers. And uh, yes. it makes a point of didn't he leave one of them out of the? Uh, who, who was the good one? Edison didn't he leave him out of the FA Cup final? Yeah, he didn't start him in the he, cup final because he didn't play. Like he, he has a cup goalkeeper, and that's what he does. And I think it's yeah. harsh to. Um, it's like. Um, I hate it. I hear you, but if that person gets you to... It's like, I don't know if you do this on Football Manager. I have a League Cup team. And if my League Cup team get me to the final, I don't play my first team. I continue yeah. with that League Cup team because they're the ones that got me there. No, 
Fuck them. Get them. Get me there. And then, uh, and then your drop to the big boys are coming in because silverware don't don't lie. Yeah, ain't having any of that favourite. Plus, they're not real, are they? They're not going to come banging on my door or, or leave um, a dirty protest in my my changing bag. So yeah, no, no I, I, uh, I play the best teams. Oh God, no, 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 definitely not. Um, oh, we meant to in Starboy. That everyone, I'm not sure I like the name, but. He's had a bit of good I news. I do. Too. I don't mind. So, yeah, we'll quickly touch on uh, our, our Ballon d'Or nominations. So, we have um, Saka, our best player. He's been nominated for the Ballon d'Or. And we also have Martin Odegaard, who's been nominated for the Ballon d'Or. And I think both of them absolutely well-deserved. Um yep. I think you all know who's going to get it. It's going to be Messi, isn't it? We'll just face it. Even though I don't think it should be, but um, Messi is definitely going to win it just because he won the World Cup. Um, oh, God, but yes, Haaland should season. be up there. But the fact that, the, the fact that you know, Saka, 22, is being nominated and recognised, I think it's absolutely brilliant. I, I really do. I mean, you know, there are some really... There's a new generation coming through of brilliant players like, Saka's there. Bellingham for me is absolutely he's just different class. I'm like I if you could go back in time and you'd say to Arsenal, there's this guy at Burnham City. Yeah, he's only he's only 17 or 16, 17. He's well, just go and buy him. And even if you put him in your reserves, go and buy him now, quickly. What did he because, cost Dortmund? About five or five or six million, something like that. I don't no, know. I think it's I know, I think it's like 15, 20, it's between because it was quite high, wasn't it? And everyone was saying, Oh, God, it's a high. And then they've sold him for like 100. I think Jude Bellingham is if you put Jude Bellingham and Declan Rice in the center of England's midfield, I'm oh. telling you this now, they will go back. Just well, they've don't... moved Bellingham, haven't they? He plays as a 10. That's stupid. That's not his position. Like, he scored four goals in four games, and each time he's got man of the match. How what, the hell have they converted him from a DM to a number 10 at the tip of the what, diamond? Real Madrid? Yeah, unbelievable. Well, well, done, well done. I mean, that Real Madrid midfield is, just... is world-class, but yeah. Oh, Dortmund played 25 million for him. Oh, I got that completely wrong. Man. I thought they only paid him a pittance. Yeah, I thought so. And then they sold him 100. Yeah. So, because I think Birmingham even recognised, and I don't think any other club, I think, it's, I think if another club were coming for him, he would have cost more. I'm just looking at Wikipedia. Bellingham in La Liga, four games, five goals. <laughs> Last season for Dortmund in the league, eight. And the season before that, three. And the season before that, one. How the hell have you got a bloke who is, what is he, six foot one? He's 20 years. He's only just gone 20. And he's already playing better than than most players that you can name. What a, what a life that bloke is going to have. Yeah, he's bloody God. brilliant. He? Well done, Mr. and Mrs. Bellingham. His dad's a policeman, isn't he? Yeah, and they've got another son at Sunderland, haven't they? Um, yeah, on the same day that he signed for Real Madrid, he left Birmingham and signed for Sunderland. You know, it's, it's, mm. well, you got your ups and downs in life, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> you got the you got the lovely city of Madrid, and then you've got Sunderland. Uh, <laughs> we know who's going to who's for Christmas this year. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> There's a picture oh. of uh, the star boy, back to back yes. England Player of the Year. He's what do you think his ceiling is? Do you think so? 
I'm not going to end this on a bad note. I was going to talk about something positive. But yeah. do you think if Arsenal don't win a trophy in the next two years, he might leave? Because he's only, remember, he only signed a four year contract, I believe. Was it a four year or five year? I can't remember um, I what it was, was, but that was also in in the Wikipedia of our of our some whoever does the Arsenal Wikipedia page, they've really been outdoing them say themselves. It's even got first team coaching staff for when they were appointed and their old club and where they're from, and had another section saying um, new contracts, uh, new squad numbers, academy coaches, new contracts. Um, no, it must have been like he signed it last season, then didn't he? Yeah. I wonder if they've been uh, gone back and, and, and edited these. But I think it was a, a, probably a four-year. But you can see Real Madrid written all over him. Unless we make it to the kind of football that he'd be getting at Real Madrid, then I doubt that he's, he's going to want to stay. Uh, new contracts, Bukayo Saka, extension until 2027. And he signed it 23rd of May last year. So that is uh, the end of next season is 24. So we got him for uh, four seasons. Well, yeah, but then you know what Arsenal like in the third season sign or we sell you. Oh, I said that out loud. I feel dirty. <laughs> yeah, I think um, he definitely. I think he loves Arsenal. Arsenal love him, but I don't want him to outgrow Arsenal. I want him to um, do great stuff, and. It's going to be a time when the club's going to come knocking, whether it be Real Madrid, whether it be Barcelona. We'll see. But I just want him to say, "Not I'm winning stuff with Arsenal, so I'm going to stay. But yeah, for him to get back-to-back player of the year for England, especially we've got someone like Dirty Harry Kane, who you know they love, it's brilliant. He'll buy Munich, sold a load of players, and then they didn't get him in in time. They were meant to buy a uh, midfielder from Fulham. And then Fulham forgot to reply. So Bayern had done the announcement, done all the medical, done the, the photos and the press stuff. And they went, oh, shit, Fulham hasn't, haven't got back to us and signed the document. So he had to go back to Fulham. And so uh, oh, Timmy, T- Timmy Tickles is furious about it again uh, last week's or the Monday's uh, the uh, AC Jimbo show. That's why I pick up all my juiciest information. We have got some questions, but I've yeah, been ignoring people's messages because I've been busy fucking shit up on um looking for wikipedia because uh we don't know what we're on about <laughs> so <laughs> normally have all the windows open god all right we'll do some quick do some quick uh questions now uh this one's from clock orange it said do you guys think that uh we are in the champions league sorry do you think guys as we are in champions league teams are trying to grow uh, more complex games and players are still getting used to the system. Um, I'll take this one. So, yeah, I think Arteta is a person who works on systems. He's not the sort of player or the manager who says, go out there and go and get me a result, boys. He wants players to stand in a certain position. He wants players to run in a certain position. He wants players to kick the ball into a certain way. So, yeah, I think he will try... Sometimes I think he's a bit too complex. I think he will try and outdo a lot of managers. Sometimes you don't need to. Sometimes you just have better players than another team. And although you do need tactics and although you do you do need to, you know, um, be better than the other team, sometimes I think raw ability will work and will shine through. I mean, no disrespect. And I think Chris, when next time Chris is on, he can give us an absolute breakdown of RC Lance. Um, 
but a team that you know got scraped into the top four last season, then this season uh, loses four games or lost three, drawn one. Touching the Newcastle's about the moment, you think? Because um, Newcastle, I mean, Newcastle's group is disgusting. I didn't and think I mean, they they are, a terrible season. Yeah, and they're going to struggle. I think they are going to struggle. I think, and I think it was us who said it last season, like when we tipped two for the top four, I didn't have, I said that I don't think Newcastle will get into the top six. Um, because they not now. I think they, I mean, I know it's only four games into this season, but I think they're going to struggle, especially when they, because they can't, the problem is in Newcastle, they can't do the shit that they did last season, the time wasting, the dirty fouls and all sorts. Because they can't do that no anywhere. more. Yeah, yeah, they can't do that no more. So, I mean, you think when Newcastle comes to the Emirates and how badly much time wasting they've done, not this well, season. There'd be, th- be 30 minutes of injury time at the end of each exactly. half. <laughs> so they can't, they can't get away with the shit that they're used to. So that is something that they'll struggle with. Um, Pete Colson says, are you concerned that everybody seems to think that we have an easy Champions League group? Uh, we say so we have recently lost to both PSV and Seville and Lance were one point behind PSG last season. Oh, did they finish second? Am I changed shit? Chris is probably Chris is probably pulling out his hair thinking, Carl, you tit, they finished <laughs> second on, you, last season. You're assuming, that he, you're assuming that he listens to us, he ain't gonna be listening. If he is, he's he'll be writing stuff down and, and, and having a moan at us. Oh, yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, I get table. quite I get Longs and Leal mixed up. They did, they finished second last season. So everyone listen to this, putting out their hair. I am so sorry. They did. They finished uh, second last season. Um I'm thinking of uh Stud Romain, who finished fourth last season. So uh, yes, Lance uh, finished uh second, only one point behind uh PSG. So oh, yes, you're absolutely right. Um, no, I'm not worried about any league on team. Sorry, Chris. Uh, at all. I'm sorry, I'm not. Um, especially this season, how they started off so badly. Do I think that we should have enough to beat them? Yes. Um, when Chris comes on, he'll probably tell me off for saying that and give us reasons why we should be wary <laughs> of them. But, and give us lines. <laughs> yeah, but I'm sorry. Any team that starts off so badly in their league, you know, not winning the game in the first four, something's got not got right there and something's wrong. So, yeah, I, I don't feel that. But I don't think we've got an easy... I wouldn't say it's easy because this is the first time we're in the Champions League for eight years. If it was easy, we would have been there. So, yeah. Um, I think we still have, to have our wits about us. Definitely PSV. Definitely we have to have our wits about us about them because they're not a shit team. But the other two, I mean, Seville haven't started off well at all this season. So, you know, it all depends on momentum. We've done, we've only drawn one game this season. We haven't lost at all. You know, the other two teams have lost. It's been bloody close, though. It's been too close. We've been jammed. It has, but at the end of the day, if we play badly and still win, what happens when we play good, Danny? We are magnificent. I'm just looking at Alain's running for the end of last season. Four, they won four, and then they lost to PSG, and then they won the next seven. <laughs> I had no idea. I couldn't even name a single player who plays for them. Oh, Chris is not going to be happy with you. You should he know isn't. the top goal scorer, Danny. What the hell? Oh, it's like none of us care about them. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, next question from Pete Colson, who says, do you think that party would have started at right back if he was fit against Man United? 
Um, don't know. Possibly. I've, no, I don't think he would have started against me. Uh, Arteta must right have back. seen that it wasn't working. Yeah, and a plus against Rashford as well. I don't think he would have wanted Rashford to have that much space. So and plus, I, if he's playing Zinchenko, we couldn't have two yeah, inverted yeah, fullbacks, could because, we? Yeah, so that wouldn't happen. So I think, I honestly think Partey would have started probably over Kai Havertz. I think it was um, because of his injury, Kai Havertz started. But, you know, it should have, could have, would have. Um, he's out. We haven't really touched on Partey's injury because... There's a lot of people saying that he's out for months. Does anybody really like know though? Weeks. No, I don't. I think they were going to do one more scan and then um, it come out, but nothing's happened. So I think the last thing I heard is out for eight weeks, which is two months, and then he's got to have. So you think he was out for eight weeks? Put another bit of tax on that. He's out for ten weeks. Arsenal tax, and then he goes to the African Cup of Nations because he's definitely ah, going to get chosen. And you just know, you just know he's going to get injured out there. So, do I personally don't think we see Thomas Partey until probably February, at the earliest, February March. Um, I think he'll come back. Uh, he'll probably get injured again. So, I mean, hopefully he's not. Hopefully he does come back into the squad, and you know he can help us, and the injury is not that bad. But. I've had my frustration at Arsenal because I think they knew about it and they didn't get covered for him. Who would have thought that Arsenal players are injury prone? Not me. Yeah, not me. Definitely not. Not at all. Yeah. Uh, another one from Pete Colson. Jesus, Pete, you've been putting them in the world on Pete. But he says, would you push the button now and get your money back on Kai Havertz um, and spend it on Lavia and Mohamed Kudus or spend it on a curly <laughs> and crunchy bars? Lavia Kudus um, and Lavia already gone. Yes, they have. Uh, Lavia plays for Chelsea, and Kudus plays for West Ham. West Ham. Um, I'm so surprised that we didn't pull the trigger on Kudus. That really surprised, especially as, as I say, only forty million. I get that, but <laughs> I think if you had gone to, um, I think if you had gone to. To Ajax and said we want him. I think he would come to us. I really do. And yes, he'd be competing with Saka for that right. But competition's healthy. Competition's brilliant. So I honestly think that. Yeah, it, it, it's a shame. But you know what? Maybe we've got our, our eyes on bigger fish. Come about January, the question, would you? If we could sell him, get our sixty-five million pound back now for habits. Would you do it? No, I bloody would. ESL would drop straight in there. Four games. I mean, we're talking about. I'm not going to talk about it today because we've gone on for hour and a <laughs> half. But um, I honestly think that you can't judge a player after four games. You just can't. You can't. It's too no. early. Well, I'd have um, said it after before he'd even kicked a ball. I'd have said I'd get my money back. I don't want him at the club, but I back him, and I think it might work out. But I don't want him to be work at Arsenal at the expense of ESR. I mean, same. I I don't see what I, I I'm, not, I'm not going to turn this into a Kai Havertz thing. But I personally didn't want him. I still don't want him. However, he's an Arsenal player right now, and I will yep, back him, him. Yep. to the hill until tell us off. yeah. <laughs> I'll back him until it comes untenable, and um, we can't. So you know. 
we are where we are. Yeah, right. I should have put him guns in the top right corner, give exactly. watching us of his BDI now. Um, last question from Phil Macca. He says, Did you read the hilarious Garth Crooks, uh, who reckons Spurs are at the start of a Wenger era? I laughed my guts out and fell onto my ass. Cole this happens. Say, every- he only said Wenger because we're reading it, and I do that as well. He does know it's Wenger before anybody emails us. Whatever, fuck you. Um, this happens every season. Didn't this happen last season where Spurs were title contenders and then, yeah. well, you saw what happened. Weren't they like, yeah, because they would, they went on like, they didn't lose after eight games and everyone was saying, oh my God, Spurs are going to do it. Do what exactly? Spurs haven't, Spurs haven't played anyone decent and I'm including Manchester United in that. They've played nobody decent. Um, they've lost their starting striker. So, after, they've lost their best player in the history of players. Once they get an injury, which they will, um, there is nothing behind Spurs at all. You can't lose Harry Kane, not replace him, and think that you're going to end up the same. You are going to end up worse, like 100%. So I'm just waiting for the Spurs downfall. Um, yes, they've got Madison, which I think is an absolutely brilliant player, I do. As much as I hate to say it, Madison is a brilliant player. He's no Erdegaard, um, is he? He's, the, he's, no. he's, he's a part-time Erdegaard when he feels... He, he's not a great player. I think... Um, I think Basuma is back to his best at Brighton. I think he's a brilliant player. I don't know what Mourinho didn't see in him and I don't know what Conte didn't see in him, but he is an absolute brilliant player, Basuma. And he's showing his best now. But and then, like I said, Spurs haven't played anyone decent. And once they start uh, getting injuries, once um, the chicken boy gets some injuries, because he's still uh, Richarlison gets injuries, and once Son has a moment or kicks someone or mm-hmm. has, a, has an injury. He's not that kind of player, Carl. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, I forgot. Kids <laughs> saying this, yeah. But yeah, I think they're going to collapse as normal. So I want. You know the media to pile it on and say, "Oh yeah, Spurs are doing brilliant." They never learn. Every single season, they never ever learn. So, yeah, bring it on. Spurs are the greatest in the world. They're you know, title contenders. They're brilliant. No, they're not. Right, and they're gonna fall, their fall from grace is gonna be brilliant this season. Hello, Absolutely just in time brilliant. for Christmas. Yeah, it's gonna be hilarious. So, here's where it is. Right, Daniel. Yeah, people, I will be uh, doing the Gooners versus Cancer on the Gooners podcast on Sunday. I'll be on there from 9 to 11. But do watch for the whole 27 hours. You will see Feinberg wearing a nappy, partly because he's a sexual deviant and partly because it means he doesn't have to go to the toilet. I mean, I could do a 24-hour thing and not have to piss my pants. And I'm going to be on from 9 to 11 doing the Who Am I? But he has got so many wonderful guests going on there. And he said last night he was on with Fergus and Travis Eddy. So far, they've in the years they've been doing it, they've reached just over $100,000. And they're actually now registering to be their own standalone charity rather than having to organise money for other charities. And, uh, yeah, so it's really, really good that they're going to do it because sadly Mike's old man passed away from, uh, I think it was leukemia that he had possibly, which is uh, cancer of the blood. I'm sure that's the one. My friend uh, has just been diagnosed with that, but apparently he's not going to die. So lucky him. But you can see me on Sunday. Carl. Yes, everyone everyone tune in. That's a really, really, really good cause. And we know... 
that the cost of living crisis is living at the moment is, is bad. But if you have got some spare pounds, dollars, yen, French francs, um, pesetas, all, uh, all dead please, currencies, thanks. Please, please donate because uh, it's for a really, really good cause. And Mike yeah. is, you know, he's a, he's a wonderful person. He's what, what he's doing. So, yeah, brilliant. Um, Danny, we have the interlow because no one cares about no. um, the interlow. Um, quick and news, Croatia, just quick, I think. quick no, fire Ukraine. news. Yeah. Quick fire news. Yeah, I think you're playing Ukraine tomorrow. Um, Thierry Henry's got a new job. He's uh, the France under-21s coach. Uh, they won for one yesterday, for nil, for yeah. one. Can't remember. Um, so he's not doing too badly. Um, it's always good to he's see. Um, yeah, probably not. Uh, Patino, he's doing well on loan, isn't he? He is the darling of uh, the uh, the valleys, like he was the darling of the uh, north. Where is Blackpool? Is it north? North, north near isn't past it? Manchester. Yeah, near yeah. Manchester or past Manchester. Oh my cat is such a tire. She's drinking water out of a cup that's soaking, probably washing up liquid in it. Got a 30 quid water fountain behind me. Thank you, bitch. Yeah, he is they absolutely I think he's even got a song already. He, they love him and he will come in and play in either the left or the right eight in the the, the, the formation that we play at the moment. So glad he didn't that he didn't go, but there will be a space needed to make way for him next season at some point, even if it's just a cup competitions, but he's excited. Oh yeah, I, I thought I said that he would be slowly introduced this season, but and Memoari scored out. Was he scored a hat trick for the under yes, twenty ones, even though he's only sixteen? Yes, so I think he'll be introduced um slowly this season. I think with also injuries, I think we will have to start playing some youngsters, but we'll see. Um what happens anyway um this has been a book up my and also podcast thank you for giving up your friday night or whenever you listen to this uh to talk to us you could be anywhere in the world but right now you have the dulcet tones of me carl and danny uh listening to you uh we may do a pod next week it'll probably be a shit one because it's only international, it's only internationals uh, games, and there's no Arsenal at all. If there's some big Arsenal news, we'll definitely do one. Um, and then we will definitely be back for the oh, no, so I keep saying it, the Everton game and the PSV game. I believe that we're going to do Monday and Wednesday, Thursday. I can't remember what Chris said, um, but uh, no, but we will be here. No, yeah, because the Everton games on a Sunday. Oh, cool. Sunday at uh, 16.30. Of course, they want us to lose that game, don't they? So they put it on TV. Fucking pricks. Fucking so there'll be a guy. show on Monday, probably yeah. uh, 7.38. And when's the, the PSV one? Is it the on the Wednesday, I take it? Yeah. Yeah, so it will be another one on the Thursday, 7.38 o'clock. Yeah. Awesome. And I'm, I'm right. back now. So I know I've missed the last few shows. I've been pressing buttons in the background, but... Yeah, you have my undivided we'll attention. We'll all be here. Um, this is a very, very hot. And my room, Danny, now is 28.6 degrees. So it's going up. Probably all the hot air I'm talking, to be honest. That's what it probably is. Uh, right, this has been a book at my night and last podcast. Danny, this is your show. You have to be here. So thank you very, very much. Thank you very much for being here, for hosting. Otherwise, I still wouldn't have got to the point about anything. 
<laughs> don't worry chris is not here so it's fine uh yeah. thank you everyone for listening thank you for everyone for participating in the chat give us a thumbs up if you're listening to this on youtube or whatever podcast medium you're listening to whether it be spotify apple please give us a thumbs up it does help us loads and loads and loads thank you very much uh whatever country you support hopefully their team wins uh gareth southgate is an idiot and doesn't know what he's doing uh we back to complain about the everton game so thank you very much everyone take care see you later au revoir and always remember hashtag fuck ellis as soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Get down, dog. Splendid business. He nearly caught the bloody thing. What are you talking about? <laughs> so I was just eating a full quiche. Well, you don't often see him at him. So when you see him in the supermarket, they need to be swagged, microwaved immediately and get the brown sauce on one. Bosh, Bob's your uncle. Never in doubt. <laughs>